Welcome everyone to your Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt and joining me as always is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hey, guys. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek for the season six ending episode 612, The Sign, and 613, New Life, is brought to you by Deke Development Tech anti-possession cuff devices rose gold not yet available pete some ratings news to discuss you know we have we have covered the ratings less this season a because they've been steady as a rock and b what are they going to do cancel season seven guess what it finished filming earlier this past week so when uh, they canceled it matt well, it, Pete, Wait, what you they, just said they weren't going to do, they did. The show ended, but it was not really canceled. Well, indeed, indeed. We will discuss next week the the season as a whole. But for now, as we look to episodes 612 and 613, the, the first hour, Pete, was a tenth of a point up. That's your 0.5 rating with, with 2.15 million viewers. Pete, the 9 o'clock hour goes down to a 0.4, lost about 400,000 viewers. Hopefully they caught it on uh, on DVR, or at the very least, go watch it now before you listen to our podcast where we talk about things that could spoil you. Hashtag uh, third return of Colson. The interesting thing I found in the superimposed credits was that despite the episodes being named and being separate and right down to the Marvel title card at the beginning of the second episode... They were, in the first episode, referred to as part one and part two. That is interesting. I had not caught... I guess, actually, I did in retrospect. I kind of saw the part one and part two, but didn't process it as, you know, oh, wait, they have separate names, as you're pointing out. Um, I, I will say this in terms of the editing. I don't, I don't think that they made these two episodes with the intention, necessarily, of, of having it air... Uh, across the two hours in part because what shows will do sometimes is they will very intentionally roll across the hour break you know so at 859 you'll be oh man oh no we're about to run out of gas oh wait look here's the extra canister boom hits nine o'clock oh i'm so glad that we had that and the scene continues for a little bit just to make sure people don't flip the channels like apparently happened between 612 and 613 but oh well pete what are they going to do cancel it more they're not when we catch you up on what went down the teaser with flint overhearing the dialogue as he was reconstructed at the end of the last episode between Izel, mac and yo-yo as he begins to focus on that he is in a temple and not in the lighthouse Dios mio, Pete. Also, this was a really great way to do in-episode uh, kind of recap, kind of natural recap. It's the end of last week's episode. It's from Flint's point of view. He's confused. Maybe you, the viewer, are a little confused, what with having lived your life in the last week and not having been instantly transported from 611 to 612. Um, he does, Pete, uh, prepare to show off his rock powers. Izel is actually happy about this. He tries to rock stab her, but she catches it in midair like a boss, Pete. He can build the monolith because he's special like Yo-Yo. She takes him over 
Izel does, and Flizel begins to rebuild them as we hit the title card. Uh, after that, we get, and this is just the show. When the show does this, it's so great. Kind of the dual dueling setup here. We have Sarge getting his gear together. We have Fitzsimmons showing off their latest toy, one that will pre- prevent Izel from inhabiting the Agents of Shield. Oh, and Deke made like ten of them. Fitzsimmons are so proud. The question is, can Izel be killed? Only, we hope, by Sarge with the sword. Well, they've also melted down his daggers to create bullets that fragment and will kill the Shrike. Uh, as they board the plane, though, the question is, can Sarge do it? Can he follow through? Pete, let's start at the beginning of a thread here that we would have, not even would have, I personally started the night with two expectations. Sarge can kill her with the sword because B, good Coulson comes back inside him. Those two things were totally definite in my mind, uh, particularly as we have Daisy and May being a little unsure, uh, all while Sarge stands in the background kind of like a creeper. They did a really good job of taking what I think was a predictable way out. And this demon inside um sarge that is repeatedly referenced and the nature of that fully becoming clear throughout this episode um here even the dialogue between daisy and may wondering if they can get it out can they even separate them he's scared of it and it's not part of him the concepts of exorcism matt even name checked indeed and the story goes to the yucatan where the monoliths are complete Izel steps out of flint he passes out but he's breathing uh Izel sees the monoliths as beautiful they are gateways to the family on the other side all will change today uh she walks out seeing a shrike bring her an army to break the act Act two begins with Zephyr one cleared by Piper, May and Daisy. They talk about uh, in jokes of planets they've been at before. The smelly one, no, the shiny one. If only they had Mac there to repair it more quickly. But they're just a few clicks from the temple. They'll have satellites in range soon. And Sarge tells them, you know, with all that knowledge he has of Izel. Uh, that they, Izel and the Shrike, operate on a sonic frequency they've long suspected they can hear them. So we shouldn't even be on the radio now. Not not us at Fantastic Geek. We should totally be on the radio now. <laughs> now, Pete, I have a genuine question for you, for our brilliant listeners out there. I know sometimes we put out questions about all sorts of things. So Zephyr One here has an emergency power switch labeled emergency power switch it genuinely made me think of one of the favorite rerun shows of my childhood that of the batman tv series uh no i was not alive when it originally aired just saw the reruns in the late 80s uh but it was just kind of like look it's emergency power switch because it's labeled thusly is that how these things work that's a real question whether you're out there in the military in whatever it might be is that what the emergency power switch looks like? I don't know. I think it would be a little bit more technical. The end result, however, Matt, is that they need to go dark. And then Piper tells Sarge to do him a solid and end her. 
Back we go to uh, the lighthouse. Team Fitzsimmons needs a distraction for Izel, and Deke has an idea to get past her. It's from his startup past. It might upset Fitzsimmons, uh, but the answer is already here. What is it, Pete? I don't know. Take us back to the Yucatan. In the temple, Flint wakes. He realizes he made, he reconstructed the monoliths. He's totally going to tear them apart when he gets his energy back, though. And hey, was it the Destroyer of Worlds who did that, Matt? Totally a season five reference. Destroyer of Worlds, we even remember that? Pete, I must confess, it's not for lack of love of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that it kind of did take a moment to be like, oh yeah, Destroyer of Worlds, because this show moves fast. That was a thing once. Pete, it doesn't move so fast, though, that do you remember that rock that he made back in the teaser act? It turns out it's Chekhov's rock. He's going to use it to get Mac and Yo-Yo out of there. They're free, um, very free. Then Izel returns. They're looking less free, particularly as Izel Yo-Yo smashes Flint's leg. So predictable, these Terrans. Yes, uh, crushing his leg there. Back to Deke's development lab where Fitzsimmons identify as his grandparents, he tells his uh, drones. And then if you look, Matt, in the background, I love the detail of the close-up lemon prints on the wall. You know, there's there's the one of the rind. There's the one of it cut on, you know, uh, the angle. There's one with some juice coming out of it. Oh, I'm sorry, Pete. I was just enjoying some of the Deke Shaw branded charcoal water. Uh, I guess he sent over to me and not you. Not quite sure what's up with that, but um, he is ready to present to to Leo and Gemma uh, his jump drive that he's totally made by himself, patent pending, maybe stolen from the Remorath. He's not exactly stealing. He's just using this Pete when we get some great inter-character uh conflict here fitz is upset simmons can see the possibilities but can the shaw drive work most of the mice have survived in tests you know most did he he steal math matt but he definitely stole the framework code which is apparently being used as a gaming system but hey profit fuels research right simmons does see that potential that they could jump an agent into the field into the temple even and all three of them get to work to make it to work better nana and bobo uh get whatever they want just make sure you run it by deke first let's treat it like launch day back to the jungle sarge says his scanner isn't working and uh he's not sure where the sword came from in other news a shrike infested construction worker leaps out and sarge is impressed with the shrike killing bullets pete my next line in the notes here, echoing what Sarge said, this planet really likes its guns. This a line that played better 48 hours ago. The direct quote is actually, he's just never been to a planet that was so into guns. And as we are recording this on Sunday evening, August 4th, what with two mass shootings in the last 36 hours, definitely has a different idea behind it after the act break there's a zombie fight so at least pete we're fully ensconced in our little fictional getaway here for for agents of shield it's a good zombie fight uh sarge punctuates it with 
lots of those uh, anti-strike bullets uh, into the supposedly dead killer who comes back for one final scare. Kind of the height of just a good old-fashioned mid-episode fight here. They notify the lighthouse their cover is blown, but not before Sarge drops a Colson-esque line about overkill. The Shaw Drive, Matt, the item of discussion between Fitz and Deke. Fitz says they have bugger all to show for it. Deke maintains they have bugger lots. And Bobo is just jealous. Just, Pete, I didn't know anything was missing with the Fitzsimmons dynamic until Deke in the present day was mixed into it. It's just a wonderful dynamic that, that team Fitzsimmons has. In the temple, Izel won't let Mac or Yo-Yo or Flint go because their purpose is ascension to take the first three who will come through. It'll make everything better. Pete, take us back to headquarters. Uh, he built a company, Deke did, uh, because nobody liked him. He never belonged anywhere. The woman he gave lemons to still thinks he's a loser mad we're going to talk a little bit about that in level seven because i think there's a lot to chew over in this two-parter um his best friend wound up being a spy and his girlfriend was a psychopath no 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 not talking about you snowflake take a step back sequoia this is jeff ward's finest dramatic moment in the series and i think there must have been the pitch in the writer's room. Do we need to stop at this point to give Deke, of all these characters that have been on the show for so long, do we need to give Deke a little, you know, salty tear moment in what is otherwise, you know, uh, alien zombies? And we're more focused on re resolving Coulson. We're more focused in a little bit on May's future. Uh, we're going to have Yo-Yo close to death later on in the episode do we really need this for him right now i would argue this un uh, unexpected bit of drama here in the otherwise madcap crazy scene crazy storyline with team fitzsimmons it is the perfect zag against the zig you took the word i was going to use at its best season six is madcap he takes the cuff uh he takes the drive he jumps and Everybody in the room that works for him applauds. He's so cool. Uh, in the temple, Yo-Yo and Mac are there. He quickly cuffs them. Izel is prevented from inhabiting Yo-Yo, and Yo-Yo throws her. Uh, he catches up with Flint, who is also cuffed, and uh, they are told there's a team incoming. There's zombies giving chase. Thank you, Agent Shaw. Good moment there. Uh, Deke is going to lead those zombies away. Uh, he, he's seeing the baddies closing in. Thanks for the party, guys, but I got to jump. He jumps about 10 feet. Lighthouse, lighthouse, I need help. Uh, yeah, says Fitz, you need 20 to 30 minutes to build a charge. I would have told that, but you jumped away. Pete, they're angry. We're delighted by the comedy. Yes. Uh, meanwhile, in the jungle... Um, May and Daisy talk about how they saw the Coulson-esque twinkle in his eye as Izel's army begins to close in far too many for bullets. Daisy's going to go make noise 
And then Izell starts to sing her song and strip out of maybe the worst costume in six seasons of this show. Did you catch, though, Pete, that her song gets mirrored in Bear McCreary's music as it builds and builds? I uh, did. Deke thinks up an idea for a game. Get this, Pete, a game about killing zombies, okay? Could be a totally new idea. Uh, and back to that singing, it's causing the monoliths to shimmer to end the act. Act four aboard Zephyr One here, Mac, Yo-Yo, and Flint. Uh, Piper wants to know where Flint came from. Uh, Mac explains it's like a Romero movie out there. We It's been so long since we had a Mac movie reference. Uh, I don't think we've had one this season. Um, of course, Flint knows Zephyr One from all the stories. Uh, he was even in a jungle, but there were no oranges. And Flint from the future is going to stay with Piper. Indeed, she's going to go get him fixed up. There'll be all the tacos Pebbles wants. They'll hit a drive through Wait, what's that? We cut to Team Sarge, seeing that the temple is surrounded. They hear Izel's vocalizations, too. It's her song. Sarge reminds everyone that he totally won't be Coulson if the alien in him is set free. Turns out, Pete, that's actually true. They're hiding the truth in plain sight against our expectations. Oh, no, Pete. Is this going to be a Last Jedi situation where because someone's prognostications on their blog or YouTube video were wrong. They therefore must hate this episode. I hope not. Maybe Phil Coulson is gone forever. Good news. Hey, Daisy's caused a disturbance. Let's go. Inside, Deke has baddies running after him. He's then safe and outside the temple. More after him, though, and he's running again. However, Daisy gets his Zephyr one, Pete. Tell me that this is a, a safe conclusion to this little moment. Well, as they close the bay door, however, a zombie pulls at some machinery there. Meanwhile, Azel is making the rocks rumble behind her in what look a lot like wings. I got to wonder how much they were influenced. You had shared the comparison on Twitter uh, with Game of Thrones and um, Daenerys with the wings of the dragon outstretched behind her. Well, I bet. See, this is this is where, Pete, even for smart folks like you and me and our listeners, we all have to remember that this episode was, would have been shot somewhere around December. So the, the time in terms of pre-visualization, in terms of sketching it out in the script, on paper, etc., you know, we're talking like about a year ago, maybe maybe 10 months ago. So I bet this was just great minds think alike and powerful ladies get wings behind them to show their power. Here it's kind of monolith goopy wings, uh, but definitely an awesome moment uh, with which we have the gate open and the act ending. Act five, Izell made Mac uh, disassemble the avionics bus. So Zephyr One is in trouble here. The Quinjet is also gone, Piper having taken Flint uh, out. Um, wait, Daisy, Flint, what? <laughs> uh, but he's totally real, Matt. He's totally real. They made him with their minds. He's real. He's real. He's just not here anymore. They need to fall back in Zephyr One and create a barricade while Deke has gotten to the Quinjet, but he can't make it take off. Perhaps he'll have 
Elon, who owns him a favor, fly him out. Pete, this is the second show that we podcast that has casually name-checked Elon Musk, who is either the future savior of humanity, savior of humanity, or just an example of madcap craziness. I mean, literally, he's either Lex Luthor or Superman. I don't know. Time will tell. Maybe those of you listening in the future can get in your time machines and come back and tell us. Or if it is a smoking landscape due to Elon Musk, then never mind. Pete, tangent aside, take us back to the temple room. Izel smiles here at Sarge, who has reached him. Um, he's more of himself, but on the other side, they're waiting for a sign. He grabs her by the throat and pins her. Uh, there you are. Izel seems to be into the violence, Matt. But once he pulls the sword on her, which he shouldn't still have, uh, she realizes he means business and not pleasure. Pete, you can see the frustration on Sarge's face. Sword out, being laughed at. He looks beaten. Back to Zephyr 1, Mac is irate, and it seems that Sarge may have maneuvered the system to get right where he is right now. Mac says that the devil will be the face you know. Oh no, Pete, this is also Mac pointing us towards the truth here that uh, we, of course, assumed that uh, Coulson would return in the form of Sarge. Uh, instead, maybe the devil in the face that we know. But but he called her Sky, Matt. Um the sign here that they're awaiting Sarge says that all he feels inside is anger and fear and pain. But in comes Melinda May. That's love. She was afraid too. But that pain, that love, that's a gift. He pulled her out of a cubicle, gave her purpose, a crew, remember us. And then she names the members of the team and that they – love him and she and he love them you're right pain is love and now he knows how to end it and he stabs may he needs to cut the pain out and he pushes her through the gate how's that for a sign a shocking end of the act here for the tag scene for episode 612. Meanwhile, in space, 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 it's Enoch. Pete, I'm always so happy to see Enoch. Yes. He's getting a drink. Isaiah's meeting up for a drink with him, too. Have the fellow anthropologists been contacted? Yes, uh, but together they may rebuild that home planet. However, Pete, it turns out there's a problem with those anthropologists. They've all been reassigned, and as they flip through them, well handled on the... Uh, superimposed graphics there. Isaiah is now listed as a hunter and grabs for Enoch as that episode ends. Pete, with that, episode 613 starts. So if for some reason, dear listener, you only watch 612 and now have checked out the podcast and still eject, haven't... Eject, eject, <laughs> Indeed. So fairly warned, let us now begin. Uh, Fitzsimmons, they're watching... Uh, on their end, they're watching as May gets stabbed, which this also, Pete, a handy bit of recap. I know in the presentation we just saw it happen, so we don't need the recap. But as a self-contained episode, handy way to remind us what just happened. Um, headquarters, though, gets a call from Zephyr 1. They're in trouble, and Daisy just does not believe that May is down. 
All of a sudden, Pete, where do those comms go? They go offline. They're locked out. Access denied. And then Malachi opens several portals. All of the satellites are simultaneously offline. This is not an accident. And then the shooting starts. Malachi tells them to leave no prisoners as we go to the title card. So remember my complaint at the end of episode 611 where it was like shoehorning in the hunters, uh, the chronicoms? Turns out, Pete, shoehorned as it may have been, it was just backing us up into uh, the 612-613 experience, which shows up here. And initially I was like, wait, why are you doing a hunter subplot? What I care about is Coulson emerging from the beast and returning to us. No, no, Pete, they're laying track for season seven here. Those sneaky, sneaky guys and gals. What that season ahead renewal does for you in terms of telling a story. Daisy and Mac discuss how Mac was right not to trust Sarge. This is on her, Daisy says. Meanwhile, Deke is calling out for Bobo. He is stuck in a Quinjet about 200 yards away. He has to fly. It's landing that's the tricky part. The uh, takeoff is mostly automated, but Yo-Yo comes through with what might be the line of the season, if not the series. I feel very confident that you won't die. Delivered with less than full confidence, but not enough to be noticeable to Deke on the other end. Pete, that's acting. Uh, He starts to slowly power things up. Pete, he tries throttling back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, but it just won't work. Back to headquarters, the hunters have locked the place down. Uh, The shield personnel will be flushed out. Malachi is confident the human secrets will be shared soon, that they'll find the key. Pete, mysterious things at the top of this episode making me wonder what they're talking about. Yes, and then the klaxons continue as Fitzsimmons follow protocols. Fitz calls Enoch Coltrane and, and uh, reaches his voice mailbox. Uh, but of course, he's unavailable. What if they got to him first? This is, after all, an extermination. Back to the temple. Remember that? Izel is so happy that May was struck down. Uh, and Sarge feels freed now, ready for a new home. The camera moves through the portal to Dead May. The three black riders from Lord of the Rings, I don't know, stepping off their pedestals. Pete, that moment there where those black riders go from statuesque to moving, is that the scariest moment of the series? I don't know, but I think it might be. Ominous more so than uh, scary, I would think here. Um, But seeing that May is alive on the other side, the three in the robes they have their amulets to match the monoliths before we go to act two where deke is telling mac about the electro hydrostatic actuator you know the one the um shrike zombie is waving at him through the window uh luckily then on zephyr one mac sends daisy and yo-yo to move things that is of course to barricade the door Back to headquarters we go. Where's Khan's extract team? Oh no, Pete, they're dead. How did the Chronicoms know about the secret plan? It's never been published. It was all verbal. 
Fitz realizes it's because the Chronicoms made copies of their brains. Pete, remember that other Chronicom tag scene where they said, oh, it's no big deal because we can bleep the bloop. This, too, was setting up the season finale. Yes, and the, the road ahead as well. Agent Diaz uh, rendezvous with them. They want to go to the hangar, but they can't. They'll be waiting for them. Deke's development lab, that's the play on the 21st floor, but Fitzsimmons can't go. They are a liability. Extras and featured players head one way. Series principals are going to the 21st floor. It's your standard protocol. Back to the temple. Izel has seen that look in his eyes before. She's all smoky-eyed and appreciative of his vessel's enticing strength. Uh, but she put him in prison, and they then verbally spar. Bottom line, Pete, there's a lot of different signals going on here, but he wants the strike called back. Turns out they'll return soon. Yes, this after he punches her into a column and then chokes her. Um, the... Uh, the point of this conversation is that he sent her to retrieve the Dialas to make him whole. Um, so this new life that they're going to give those from the other side uh, is the mission at this point. Meanwhile, Deke is rerouting the uh, hydraulics or the beeps and the bloops. And uh, when a zombie reaches through, Thank goodness, Matt, it's not your traditional zombie, you know, that would infect you when you bit it. Uh, luckily, though, the bird is ready to fly uh, back to Zephyr 1. Oh, no, they have weapons now. Yo-Yo quickly fires three bullets, taking them out. Uh, this is be uh, because, of course, she doesn't need to run fast to move fast. Uh, Pete, then she gets a strike in the mouth, shocking to us all to end the act. Act three begins with the Quinjet up in the air. It's going to require a gentle touch, Matt, to put it down on Zephyr 1, but it's okay. The D's kind of known for that. And there's just one problem, though, Pete. Mac would help Deke, but Yo-Yo has a strike in her, so we have these two moments converging. Deke's going to come in for a crash landing. Pete, it's hard, but he makes it. Uh, back to Fitzsimmons, they're looking at, is that framework leftovers? They can't let the info, particularly Colson info, get into the Chronicom hands. Time to blow it all up, even though Fitz is wistful about its potential loss. But Radcliffe definitely, definitely had a drinking problem. R.I.P. Radcliffe. The Hunters uh, on the uh, the subtitle, on the, on the captions, Matt, one of them gets... Named his name is I'm not making this up Ball God <laughs> B A A L G A D Ball Gad. Um, he has mind tech which they need to destroy. While the other threat, the main A threat in this episode, Matt, the uh, the threat from beyond, the characters in the robes are now placing the amulets in the little altar that is in no way a darkened redressed set of the temple okay many thoughts pete first of all wasn't there a ball gad scene in pulp fiction second of all it's not a redress it's that the two temples mirror each other because they are temple locations built by the same 
peoples and such, or peoples of the same philosophy. Uh, meanwhile, Pete May's body, uh, it's moved. She's not dead. She pulls the sword out and it's fine. What's not fine, Pete, is the fact that there are many, many others coming towards the temple. Uh, intercut is Izel saying that the three need to open their temple. It'll be great. Suddenly, the portal spits out only the stones, and Izel is confused. After May has seen the orange light there and the, the view with all the, the spirits, the disembodied, ready to come through, uh, they're referred to by Izel as the forgotten, and the, the flood will come. But um, with the sword that she takes out, uh, the amulets are uh, thrown through the gate and then we cut back at the moment of highest tension to Fitzsimmons. Yes, they realize that there's no way out of this uh, room in which there's literally no way out. There's no timer, only a trigger for their bombs. Uh, Pete had me wondering, will they really kill Fitz in another season finale? Uh, they wonder, what choice do they have? There's a boom on the door. I thought it was going to be Enoch there to save the day immediately. It turns out I was a little premature. Uh, Fitzsimmons hold the grenade. They pull the pin out. Three hunters enter. They look at Fitzsimmons. Then they're killed by Isaiah. He returns the grenade uh, pin to them. Sorry, this must be confusing, best friend, he says in Enoch's voice. Bluffing is easier when you kill someone and take their skin. So true. And a second wave is inbound. There is a strategy, though, Matt. It will be the hardest thing they've ever done changing the natural course of their lives forever oh that again wonderful bit of humor there i would even argue pete something missing in the marvel netflix shows as a whole uh you know a topic that we we started to put a a finality to talking jessica jones last week the jessica jones series finale there's almost a self-referentiality that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has from time to time, just enough to remind you all of this is ridiculous and the characters are occasionally aware of its ridiculousness. The fact that, yet again, things are going to be overturned, it's, oh, you know, it's not a big deal, Enoch, it actually isn't. And it, again, it's those little little yucks that make the drama more tense and, and vice versa. Indeed it does. As Act 4 begins, the Quinjet is flying. Deke at the controls here. Mac goes to see Yo-Yo. And Yo-Yo points out how Keller, R.I.P. Keller, Matt, mm. had maybe 30 minutes less episode time here for Elena. And uh, Mac tells her that they're not going to lose anyone else today. Um, and then goes back to the controls, of course, where um, Yo-Yo then makes the appeal to Daisy uh, that when her time comes that she would take care of it, take the knife and stab her. But uh, Daisy thinks that when the Wicked Witch um, has her flying army die off, that uh, that'll happen with Yo-Yo as well, again, telling us what's going to happen before it happens. And in a good way, because we are sure of the finality of uh, what happens when you get a Shrike in you. We saw it in the early episodes of the season. So uh, I like that they're 
giving himself a way out here. Back to the temple, Izel has it figured out that May was a plant. It looks like time for the two of them to fight. That's right, Pete. Girls fight girls as Izel goes through the portal to the identically appearing temple on the other end. Izel villain monologues and May appears. Is death meaningless here because the other three just vanished? Time to fight. And they do. They're ready to get reborn, those other ones. Um, Izel splits her sword. Meanwhile, in the temple, you've got Daisy, you've got Mac, you've got Yo-Yo, you've got Deke. Yo-Yo is <clears throat> sick with the Shrike inside of her. So um, Mac explains that Deke is going to cover them. You should see, Daisy, his video game. Oh, no, not that. Uh, in the portal room, Sarge starts to monologue, but Queek quakes away the human shell. It is an ugly alien, if Pete, I may be rather Terran-based in my appreciation of beauty and lack thereof. Uh, he's walking through her forces. He's more powerful than she can ever be. And that's pretty powerful, Pete, because you might remember some of the early quaking was like knocking the snow off a mountain 10 miles away or whatever. But he headbutts her. Then the Clark Gregg face is back. Whew, Pete, Coulson's going to totally shine through this alien by the end of the episode. I'm totally sure of it. Mac empties a clip into him, but of course it does nothing. Yo-Yo, meanwhile, doubles over. She's got the knife. She's begging Daisy to do it. And Izel and May, we split back to them with acrobatics aplenty up the stairwell to the altar where uh, Izel places the amulets again, starts to open the door uh, and tells May that she doesn't need to beat her, that they'll erase her for her. Act break, and then there's more temple zombies. Deke is fighting them off like a boss. In the portal room, Yo-Yo is still close to the end, really she can feel the end happening, Pete. Uh, Mac and Sarge are still punching, though now Mac's punching off Sarge's face. Amazing effects here. Mm -hmm. uh, please, before this show finally leaves the airwaves, please, can the show at least be nominated and in the running for best visual effects? It was not for season, uh, for season five, and it's just a crime. It's an absolute crime that Mark Kolpak has not received a nomination let alone one but matt we can only hope that this is a audition for something where he's eventually going to get it they'll be again kind of off cycle this season will be eligible for the not the emmy broadcast that's coming in september but the one a year later correct and season seven a year later so maybe by what 2022 something like that at which point we'll all be living in the matrix anyway and it'll be all old news but pete what i know is this back to the portal room here daisy and sarge are circling each other and and yo-yo appears ever closer to turning to a zombie sarge says that the suffering can end uh, all as Izel returns but she gets sorted by May, then Yo-Yo is free, and Mac gets thrown the sword. Pete, can it get any better? He chops the Sarge monster in half. The gate is gone. It closes up, and uh, Daisy 
talks to May here. Did did we destroy him? Did we do it? Was there anything left? Pete, as the light is fading for May, in a moment where I was simultaneously like, but Ming-Na Wen just wrapped the show, like, in the last couple of days, meaning she makes it to the end of season seven. But I kind of believe in the moment here that May is dying. Oh, no, Pete. It reminds me of a show that you have not seen called Mad Men, in which in the final season, which was a 7A, 7B type situation, a character gets killed off, but he or she did not even tell his or her spouse and continue to go to work. Uh, and enjoy the lunch and whatnot in order to keep the ruse up. Is this the case? I don't know, at least as I was watching it in the moment. I was concerned that she'll see him soon enough as she passes out. Oh, no. Matt just loves to throw around Mad Men, and it gave me so much glee. I believe it was in the most recent, the uh, penultimate episode of Euphoria for season one, where they hand-slapped Mad Men's final season as being work to watch i will admit that the final season the, the show flew so high it, to a plus 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 level that in the final you know season seven seven a seven b it came down to merely a level i would call the finale not not in contention for a terrible finale status but i think that it, it is added to the pile of finales of shows in the last 20 years that have not landed the way the series oftentimes landed just normal episodes but pete we'll save that for our who's mad comma man podcast <laughs> by fantastic geek coming when we're done with all of marvel tv and the mandalorian and god friended me and uh other things watchmen Pete, all of that in the future, in the moment, Pete, maybe life is fading. Maybe she's seeing that big light up there in the sky. Wait a minute. All of a sudden, we are seeing real lights, or at least, you know, real TV lights shining from above. Simmons is there. Pete, her hair is up. You know how all season she had her hair down? Now her hair is up. That's hair and makeup showing their way that something different's going on. Containment suited figures descend the staircase we get techno piano music um and we're told almost immediately may will be fine as she's given an injection the guys in the suits start to drill core samples out of the dialas which are placed into uh hazmat container uh bowls and uh, told again that May's tissue will be repaired in a few hours when she reaches the correct core temperature. But now they have to move. There's a lighted path bringing them onto Zephyr 1. They had help and they had time. Yes, as we notice differences to Zephyr 1, more high tech. I even think, Pete, that those lights are new. But hey, where's Fitz? She doesn't know. She can't know. Wait a minute, Pete. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has separated Fitz and Simmons to distances that aren't easy to traverse to get their return back. That tells me that things are normal. Uh, May is going to be put under at 68, um, pardon me, minus 68 degrees. Pete, you leave a dying May out at 68 degrees. She'll spoil. Minus 68, then you can work your magic. Uh, walking through Zephyr 1, we see that the jump drive now powers the plane. 
And Simmons establishes that the Chronicons want Earth 3 to be Chronica 3. Pete, your theory was correct. The Chronicoms believe the only shield can stop them from finding their way home. Yes, and the missiles here are sent towards the temple, towards the uh, Zephyr 1 departing. They lost the lighthouse, uh, but that wasn't their only point of interest. Uh, Fitz's disembodied voice tells them uh, that he copies and they prepare to launch. It's going to be bumpy. Um, And Simmons will now scan the terrain for where Fitz has sent them. Daisy heads up to the cockpit, which now has a uh, opaque divider and there's all sorts of pink fog the ship on autopilot they determine they're above new york city but it's fogged over good thing because simmons oh simmons she forgot to cloak zephyr one and seeing the empire state building it's the tallest building in the world simmons mentions in passing but loud enough for us to hear at home uh she says they enhanced the jump drive again they had time and we see a better view of the empire state building under construction to end the act the tag scene for the episode and the season has daisy saying she needs a drink but those are illegal now during prohibition It'll work just fine. Uh, Any other bombs that Simmons can drop? There is one. Get ready for this, Pete. There was a problem that Fitzsimmons couldn't solve. Enoch gave them a way out. Uh, The solution is shown intercut, things being picked out. He is an LMD with all the memories, all the gaps filled. It was the right thing to do. And Enoch's ready for the reveal. Pete, take us to it. Yes, their most sophisticated LMD with Chronicom hardware here. And Enoch hands over the little green button just as Mac is prepared to debate this. And May can't be there to make the decision. And Simmons misses him. Daisy smashes the button, opening the chamber where Clark Gregg's LMD model Colson awakens to say, Hey guys, final season coming soon. The dossier. A detailed look at our bad guys will begin with the season long threat, Izel. I can't say that Izel was my favorite villain of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I think that. If they were looking for a novel approach, kind of a wolf in sheep's clothing at the beginning, somebody who wasn't introduced in episode 601, I think that she she checked all those boxes in a really effective way. Like I said before, I, I think that the space costume and the wig kind of brought the performance down a little bit. However, in the two-part finale, the changeover to... The, the gown, the inclusion of the, the sword and the fighting brought it back up. Next, Pete, we move to, as you say, Flizel, but of course, uh, Izel inside Flint, uh, with which we have the mechanism to bring back all three monoliths. Uh, a twist, I must confess, I did not see coming before Flint's uh, return in 611. 
and not only the fact that she uses his abilities, but we keep him in play. I kept waiting for him to, you know, vanish like had happened with uh, Dr. Benson's late husband, Thomas. Um, but later on told that he's totally real. They made him with their minds. He's completely real. So pretty sure we can expect to see Flint later on as just Flint and not inhabited by a space alien bat monster lady. (laughs) Pete, we see here the unequivocal end of Sarge, uh, both in his Coulson appearance, the Coulson face, uh, and also his true uh, genuinely monstrous appearance. And uh, I guess he won't be won't be causing trouble with Izel for Izel anytime again soon. If there's one shortcoming to the the Sarge storyline, it's that we never get another name, another idea for what he is other than this, you know, goblin-esque monster. I know that Mark Kolpak talked about, you know, how he was inspired by orcs for um the uh the appearance there just would have loved to get some kind of name something to grip onto you know i don't think it hit the levels of hive you know and and the tremendous uh you know squid-esque alien that uh you know uh grant ward's uh character ultimately wound up transforming into um but you know it, it was a it was a well done reveal of the the form of the demon underneath if you know lacking a name we could call it we also of course have the brief return of uh, Izel in yo-yo as uh, as a, a hurtin is put on to uh, to flint yeah and um with yo-yo transforming not just there but later on inhabited by one of the demons, one of the forgotten on their way through choking Mac out um, this with a shrike already inside of her. Um, Somebody who's suffered a fair amount. Keller's killed. She's got the, the shrike put in her. She nearly dies. Uh, You could argue the one that paid the highest cost who didn't lose her life in this season. We also get to briefly know Isaiah, who continues the long tradition of Chronicoms who have uh, names from the Old Testament of the Bible. Um, I guess an interesting stylistic choice for the Chronicoms. Or, or maybe, Pete, uh, our Earther names come from the Chronicoms. I don't know, but uh, good use of him as, surprise, surprise, I'm not a friend, I'm a foe. And then we get kind of faux Isaiah uh, later on in, well, I guess what is technically the next episode. Yeah. To save the day really being Enoch there. Um, And for a a character to appear, I think he had appeared one other time in the earlier episode, Enoch kind of sent him out, um, you know, three times and to be memorable in this way. And you're never quite sure with the shell game that's going on. Um, it's funny. I had gone back and and watched the beginning of season five when we first meet Enoch and, uh, see him behind the, uh, 
the the translucent uh, screen, you know, change out of his human suit and, you know, that it gets used in this finale here. I, I love the callback. Also done off camera, which means Pete, you get to save a couple of those bucks of which there's probably less for episode 613 than there was for what, when we first saw that, that, you know, the Enoch suit and lack thereof back in 501. Uh, Pete, speaking of all these chronicoms, we also have Malachi and the other hunters here causing all kinds of trouble. They know what they want. Uh, and we're told by the end that they have Fury's box, that they have all of Fitzsimmons' memories, that they have the information they need to wipe S.H.I.E.L.D. out. And that's why we wind up reaching back for Coulson, something he had voiced his opposition to. So lots to chew over for season seven. Indeed, Pete. And as we start to to bridge between season six and seven, no agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for the next 10 months or so, just have to thank everybody who has supported and continues to support us on patreon.com slash fantastic geek. This ride would not be going on if it weren't for the people of patreon.com slash fantastic geek. All it takes is a dollar. Uh, and that contribution gets you in the door. There's all sorts of levels from there, but Matt, in these increasingly trying economic times what if i can't contribute you know pete there are plenty of other ways that the dear listener can support the podcast i'm talking talking about it on social media facebook twitter etc hop on to apple podcasts formerly itunes and leaving us a review whatever you can do to help spread the word of fantastic geek as we talk agents of shield marvel movies and all our other geeky goodness Welcome to level seven. Time to analyze and theorize. LMD Colson, Matt. We've had Colson. We've had Colson lose an arm, get a robot arm. We've had totally not Colson Sarge, Colson memories. And now we have an LMD over his protestation. And he wakes up amiably enough. And May is not there to protest for him. But you have to imagine part of season seven is going to be why you make me robot and I no want to be robot. Hmm. It might be. I would bet that if by part of season seven, you mean maybe the first 20 minutes of uh, 701, the show moves so fast. I mean, I think, you know, of the the many injuries to Fitz, whether it's the brain injury or whatever it might be, where, you know, the show leaves its past in the past pretty quickly. And I think to whatever degree you believe the show, and I'm of the camp that 100% believes it, when, when they said they entered into the seventh season knowing it was going to be the final season, I don't know that there's much benefit to have, you know, Robo Coulson... Uh, holding his, you know, alas, poor Yorick skull or similar kind of pondering his, uh, the nature of his robotic existence. How about it's Coulson in the show that it was always about Coulson and move on with it as we get through, uh, hopefully with excellence, the remaining 13 episodes of the series. May dies, but May's not really dead because 
time travel inventions and technology. Again, obviously there will be some holdover to that. She's put in the freezer. Uh, she's given the injection. She'll come back and she's going to have to deal not only with her own mortality, but with that of Coulson's. She will. And I think, you know, I saw a little, a little belly aching, not much, but a little belly aching in terms of, you know, kind of the, the lack of, uh, the lack of stakes ultimately in this episode, you know, uh, Sarge killed, but Coulson lives and May killed, but you know, not dead, that kind of thing. This has always been a show that leans into its comic book roots more than I'll mention it again, like more than Marvel Netflix. Yes, it's all MCU and all that, but you know, this has been a show that if you want to do, you know, I mean, this is a show that did in the same season did Ghost Rider and Robot Copies and everybody's in the same fake mental holodeck. Like there's there's enough flexibility here where I don't bellyache one bit that May is gone and back and you know, unsullied Colson is gone and back. I think some people probably, you know, uh, joking aside with all the Last Jedi stuff, I think some people did not see this resolution coming and that caught them by surprise. But I'll take this resolution that we get a pure Colson, one provided provided to us by the story, not even from this season, from season five framework stuff. And we kind of get wink, wink, nudge, nudge in the comic book tradition. We get the Colson that we always knew back a hundred percent and we get to move on from there. These changes to their lives that Fitzsimmons are forced to undertake in order to save the people of the lighthouse and bail out their friends. What are they? I don't know. And my initial reaction was going to be sometimes writers just make stuff up and say, eh, we'll figure it out, you know, after our, after our break. There was, of course, no break here. So this must have been written with a really solid sense since the break was. And it's December 18th. Last scene. Applause, applause, everybody. See you in three and a half weeks. Enjoy the holidays. Um, certainly the one clue that we have is that she can't know where he is. Now, I don't know whether that's permanently or semi-permanently or if that's just when they jump through time or whatever it might be. I assume it's more the latter and kind of a firewall against the Chronicoms meeting up with them and, you know, this way the one doesn't know where the other is, that kind of thing. But I don't know. I feel like as we approach this final season, it's a completely, you know, blank canvas for the show to play in. Well, beginning with New York City 1931, Matt, and there have been some other hints scattered across social media, not tremendously hidden. Uh, even I, as a member of the hashtag spoiler free army, have heard some rumblings also seeing whether it was in a personal capacity or a professional capacity some some former uh, actors of agents of shield returning on the last day or so being on the set um again maybe it was there to see friends maybe it was there to work i guess we'll find out a year from now that kind of makes me sad uh, pete here's a happier question nay two happier questions uh regarding season seven is snowflake dead is benson dead Will either of them return? 
I mean, I would expect at some point both of them will be referenced. I don't know if they'll return. I had put Snowflake down in my notes here like, okay, we locked her up. She was in the lighthouse. That is a convenient, well, she was purged to serious face away. Um, But that Flint has been brought back into the equation um, I think a little bit closer to the story of the resolution of this season, somebody we should probably expect to see again. And again, I find myself needing to remind myself, usually the answer would be like, oh, well, you know, she could come back, Benson could come back, you know, we'll see if they get a different job in the interim that would then preclude it. No, no, the different job is, hey, snowflake actress, um, it's, it's, you know, it's December 10th. Uh, oh, we just did your scene. You're locked up in the thing, you know. Uh, Want to work again in six weeks? Because we'll sign that contract right now and do the, you know, we'll, we'll do the scheduling, et cetera, et cetera, for five to eight episodes, now, you know, in, in the, you know, in, in the first half of 2019. Um, so, again, there's kind of that, there's less of that real world, you know, other jobs come up and characters move on kind of consideration there. Three consecutive episodes to end this sixth season make a reference to Robbie Reyes' Ghost Rider. Should he be somebody, before he gets his own show, Matt, on Hulu, that we expect to see again in season seven of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I would love for him to return on his own merits. I would love for him to return as a bridge out to his Hulu show. I think both work. Um, bottom line, the infinito. I know, you know, kind of when the when the Ghost Rider show was announced, there was some kind of weird spin on it that I think showed up in Deadline and The Hollywood Reporter, which makes me think it's like what Marvel PR said or what Jeff Loeb said, where it was like, you know, it's the same Robbie Reyes that, you know, is from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., blah, blah, blah. But I can't remember the exact phrase, but it was like, you know, but a completely different chapter, a completely different spin on the character, or something like that that kind of sounded a little um, hedging the bet. I would like to unhedge that bet and have him return, and then he could say, well, now I'm off to the danger realm, or now I'm off to New Mexico, and, oh, wink, wink, that's where the show is headed. That's where his show is headed. What about that field commission for Agent Shaw? I think, that, first of all, it's easy to hand out field commissions when, uh, you know, in, in those trying moments. But I think, too, in this jam-packed finale, we get this wonderful story arc for Deke that I did not necessarily see coming. And as somebody who really, really digs the character, I was glad to see it uh, appear. And, you know, I say, great, if we're setting up Deke Shaw, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., I mean, not for nothing... That's kind of what we need to do anyway, right? Like, they're presumably not going to go, oh, there's the Empire State Building. It's the tallest building in the world. But welcome to Season 7. We're heading back to 2019 or 2020. Boom. Deke, you can go back to your, you know, your your startup. No, no. He's got to hang with them as they, you know, take the battle through time. Hashtag Agents of Time. Deke talked about the woman that he gave Lemons barely noticing him. But in this two-parter, Matt, um, he gets told, great, 
by her great work after he creates the um the cuff to prevent uh demonic possession by Izel um and then later on uh she encouragingly touches his shoulder as he prepares to uh fend off zombies for them so will we get Deke Daisy in season 7 I feel like maybe Deke pursuing Daisy. I don't think that that's going to be on her radar. Uh, again, just knowing that there's a mere 13 episodes left. Do I, th- <laughs> do I think they're going to carve out the time to do a full romantic arc and she falls in love and ends up the prince and the princess at the end of the series? Not really. Could I get behind it? Maybe. Could the show sell it in such a way that we all really buy it i think absolutely but i just kind of feel like they're at this steady place with daisy now where she she is strong and independent and i'm not saying that you need the one to be the other and you both need to exist but there are other showmances going on i don't think this is going to be one that necessarily ends up uh, where they're both mutually in love but I'm usually 100% wrong about these things. So I say, uh, maybe I'll discount what I said and say, sure, they're in love and have kids by the tag scene of uh, 713. What's up with the Diala core samples that the hazmat suited uh, tech guys whose faces we never see are uh, sent to uh, take? Well, first I thought they were like going to dig out holes in order to pack them with dynamite and then kaboom um i do wonder if maybe there was you know this was an episode that was with uh without commercials you know the standard 42 minutes in length i wonder if there's a 45 minute version out there that has a little bit more footage of that a little bit more footage of uh the may is fight things like that you know pete we'll see maybe that'll be a smacking new feature on disney plus this fall etc um but I can only assume this. Those core samples were taken because they are story things for the future, whether that's a factor in propelling them through time or it's going to be future time fuel or it's going to hold on to them until, Pete, there we are, episode 708. It's previously on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Look, these core samples were taken. And then in the episode, they're like, look, we have the core samples to help us with story arc 7B and away we go. Where is Fitz? Pete, I think the question is not where is Fitz, but when is Fitz? Uh, I hope that we end up seeing Fitz riding a dinosaur. In fact, Pete, can, can I just make a plea to the listener? You go hop on your social media right now. You say, if you like the idea, you say, I hope hashtag Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7 uh, has hashtag Fitz on a dinosaur. And then tag us in it. Let's see if maybe we can make a dent in the universe, even though, you know, season seven's already been shot and filmed and all that. But let's make that dent in the universe. It's launch day. Fitz monkey sore. Absolutely. What about um, the realm where May is sent? And then we hear from Izel that life and death are meaningless there. So when she was stabbed, and thrown into a place where life and death are meaningless, then they knew all along 
she wouldn't die. Uh, you may have discovered a little story point that amidst all the joy, amidst all the nervousness of, oh man, this is going to be the last episode that I'm in the writer's room for. I'm getting a little wistful, whether I'm the one writing it or not, uh, to, oh man, uh, I guess as I'm getting the early footage of this, I guess this will be the last episode that I edit. Wait, what's that? Call from Jeff Loeb? Channing Dungey did what? We have 13 more episodes? I get to... I, I have 13 more episodes of job to do. This is wonderful. This may have been a little story point that fell by the wayside. Gun to Izell's head. She might admit that she thought May was completely dead, then got sent through as opposed to still had the life in her uh, and then reached a point where life and death was meaningless. But yeah, story weakness. Well, thank goodness, Matt, that the final season is coming soon. Yes, which ABC said, and Pete, that's that's a lie. That's a lie, because if it's coming to ABC before next May, it'll be because a whole bunch of shows, like I just mean an ungodly number of shows on the forthcoming ABC schedule, will have gone through a brutal, brutal blood fest. And I know there's some shows, I don't even remember the title, Pete, the one with the the the, the, the cop from Fargo. It looks really interesting. Mysterious Emergence. Plane Crash. What's it called? Emergence. Emergence. It looks really, really great. It looks so great. It's going to be canceled early. And we're all going to wonder, you know, is Sally Shaw an alien or not? I don't know. They they It got canceled early. And it's never cool to root against other shows. I'm still hoping my little dream... Oh man, Disney Plus exclusive this March. See the entire season seven of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ahead of its return on ABC. But Pete, that's probably folly because we know Kevin Feige has said, I claim this Disney Plus Marvel slot for me and not for you, Marvel TV. Ha ha ha. Burn, Jeff Loeb, burn. At least that's my headcanon. So yeah, we're 10 months away from more S.H.I.E.L.D. Just wished for a little truth in advertising. There, there are people that honestly thought we'd see it in the fall or uh, just a little later. Just say the final season next summer. You know, just some truth in advertising. I think the truth that they were aiming for, if you are, Pete, if you're somebody who's like, good news, mom, I got my job in Hollywood. I'm working for ABC. Yeah, it's really exciting. No, no, I'm not. I'm not an actor. No, no, I'm not writing. No, I'm not directing. I work for ABC Public Relations. No, 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 Mom. Here, here. Have a tissue. Have a tissue. It's okay. Uh, What I did was my boss said, make sure those Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fans don't think this is the end. So I wrote up the script that said, coming soon. That way people don't think it's the end. I did good today. I I think that was the impetus, not truth in advertising. Let's check the wire. Pete, our post-show poll ran extra long on account of uh, us taking an extra day to podcast this double-length episode. OMG, what did you think of tonight's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 6 double-length finale? Pete, 6% said, one star, Dios mio, two stars received nine percent love hurts 
Uh, 6% of the votes said three stars, pin that grenade. And then 80% said four stars. And Pete, I chose these words carefully so as to be both highly referential to the end of the episode, but also hopefully hashtag spoiler free. 80% said four stars, time for rebirth. Little uh, emphasis there, Pete, on time. I think for the most part, really well received by the audience at this point. And again, they can't cancel it. So ratings and informal poll results aside, we'll see you for 13 remaining episodes in season seven next summer. A couple of tweets here. The first one from Andre Yeager. That's at Dr. Polo 1983 agents against the Chronicoms can't wait. And a tweet from James. It's at Big Killin. Great season. Looking forward to season seven. Colson lives? Question mark, question mark, exclamation point, exclamation point. Can't wait to see what 50 plus year old foil they will set up against Clark Gregg for this final season. Oh, man, Pete, you're reminding me. We never got back uh, Kitson from Kitson City on Planet Kitson. Well, you're you're saying he can't recur in the seventh season? You remind me again, Pete, that the seventh season, they made a handful of weeks, started to make a handful of weeks after the conclusion of season six. Sure thing. Hey, Anthony Michael Hall, you know, we want to do, we contracted you for four episodes in the, uh, in this TV season. According to the books, we still have more TV season after our holiday break. It's just called season seven. Pete, to the email box we go, an email from our pal, Jamie Patton, our New York Comic Con pal, etc. She says this, hey, Matt and Pete. First of all, Pete, let me just say, the fact that you put my name first, that's the, that's, that, that, that shows it's a quality email here. <laughs> uh, after watching the finale, had two main thoughts. One, that sword fight was awesome. It was great to see May back in rare form again. And two, I can't wait for season seven. The latter sentiment is also where I take issue with the past 13 episodes. As you know, for most of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s run, the show has existed on a bubble. The writers have almost always had to write a finale that could serve as both a conclusion to the season and the series, providing satisfying closure and payoff to what has come before. But based on recent interviews, it seems like everyone knew they'd have uh, six and seven to get to the end, which makes this season feel like it was all filler or at the very least, the long way to get anywhere that matters. I was initially excited by the shortened episode order for C uh, as season four, with three pods, was my favorite. But instead of telling a tight 13-episode story, it seems like we might be getting a 26-episode long story with some detours, or at the very least, a slow start. Obviously, there was the timey-wimey jump at the end, which really matters. But what else from this season had any lasting impact at this juncture compared to when we started the season? Fitz and Simmons are once again separated. May isn't dead, thankfully. Coulson is back, but the character of Sarge didn't have anything to do with it. Izell isn't a threat. Yo-Yo didn't turn into a strike. Deke is still around. Mac is the director. And Daisy didn't destroy the world. I, have, I still have plenty of faith that there is an epic season seven in store i just wish this season had either told a cohesive story with real stakes and character arcs or painted a clearer picture as to what their end game could be pun intended also r.i.p davis your pal jamie jamie makes some great points uh i'll add to that that um 
Mac and Yo-Yo are apart at the beginning of the season and now they're back after having been together at the end of season five. So her point about essentially no change happening this season again is a fair one. Um, let's take away our knowledge of a seventh season renewal for a second. If the show ends or if you don't even know they have a seventh season coming when you watched the end of that. And there have to be some viewers who, you know, aren't mindful of the entertainment press and, and just didn't know. Um, Colson returning as an LMD saying, Hey guys, bringing them all the way back. That's a potential series end. We're looking at it obviously with the knowledge that more is coming and granted very few people watch today without following the, you know, creators, the talent on social media and consuming information about it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, so if you weren't in the know, I, I think there might've been a little bit more emotional resonance than not. Um, but again, very fair to say that, you know, 13 episodes, what happened? All right. They had this fake Coulson character that winds up not, you know, we still other than magic stone takes faces have, have an explanation for how the heck this guy wore Coulson's face for centuries. Great point there, Pete. And I will add not as an excuse, uh, and certainly not, uh, in any way disagreeing with Jamie's point there, but I'll just add, as one little bit of extra real-world uh, uh, input here. The, they were sure the show was done after season five. And I think that they were maybe a little thrown with how to find a way out of a pretty solid ending, which was killing Coulson. And I'm, I'm sure that they had discussed trapdoors and this and that and the other. But I think leading up to the end of season five, I don't know that there was a lot of creative energy put towards season six then all of a sudden it's thrust upon them and you know to whatever degree they were prepping for season seven in season six or it was a secret renewal for both or whatever whatever i think that part of this season needed to needed to own up to the fact that colson died for real at you know shortly after the end of season five and that that couldn't be magically undone and i think that probably their discussion was this the character has earned the death and the real world consequence of his death that was season six was in the shadow of him and even if wink wink nudge nudge you know they played the game of clark Gregg is not in the show anymore they played that until i would argue too far because i bought it 100 percent that he was truly gone it was like oh maybe it's time you know we're not going to stop watching the show but if clark Gregg has left then all of a sudden Clark Craig is back and so on and so forth. But they earned the they earned the consequence from the end of season five into season six. And honestly, I doubt few people would have guessed that this episode would have ended with both Colson back and Sarge, the Sarge alien, completely dead. Everybody was banking on the good shines through him and there's a flash of light and the alien husk falls away and he says, Sky, May, I'm back. You know, nobody saw this particular end coming. And I think that 
if there was that fake out there of, you know, it ends with Sarge having been a non-factor in terms of propelling it to season seven. True, he was a factor in that he faked us out for season six, and that's what season six was about. And I think that's where exploring what he is at the beginning of season seven is going to be important. You know, once May comes around, you know, we're going to find out how fully functional LMD Coulson is. I think that's probably a discussion had in the writer's room. I really genuinely think if we're spending more, if he's still looking in the mirror at the beginning of 703 going, am I real? Then I bet by the end of 703, it's going to be like, I don't have time to worry about this because you're my shield family. And I think we're going to move on pretty quickly, particularly in the grand tradition of comic book, you know, stuff where Superman died and then came back and Batman was broken and came back. And, and all these things where, it's about the journey to reset. Then finally, at a certain point, you say, and thus we have reset. We are back to where we were, and we're just going to continue from there. Well, thank goodness the show has never made an LMD real through the use of the Darkhold. Right, Ada? Well, and that, too, is where I feel like this was, this was a well-constructed return for Coulson because we've seen, you know, Pinocchio's and Pinocchio's come to life in the lmd thing i mean my goodness pete you know we have the 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 tony stark line you know is he an lmd yuck 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 the fact that we circled back to that i mean pete this is the og hey there's going to be a show where colson is in it wait didn't he die oh i bet he's one of those lmd robot things you know this this is the og theory it's kind of like lost here you know where, where where you know i bet they're all dead well in the end they ended up being all dead spoiler alert same thing here they've returned to the best colson lives theory the first colson lives theory now it's just the season seven colson lives theory so long as may doesn't turn out to be a polar bear this is true that still was a tough one to explain uh pete thanks again to jamie Patton for her email and uh, i know we always love checking out her writing on watching the wasteland.com where she uh she shares as she says uh, the musings of a tv addict an absolute friend of the program there in Jamie. And as we transition here, Matt, between wrapping up all of Marvel Netflix this week, looking at back uh, catalog there, kind of eulogizing the grand experiment uh, between the six shows there, uh, looking back on season six of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and looking ahead towards God Friended Me, Watchmen, The Mandalorian, and even Star Trek Picard and Star Trek Discovery later on. Uh, Lots still to come, though Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. final season coming soon. Yes, and of course we will be hashing over this sixth season one more time ahead of... uh, Packing it away. Hopeful, Pete, that we'll be talking Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this fall at New York Comic Con. Hopefully they they return to the convention, what birthed the show and all that. But discussion about that down the line. In the interim, as you said, Pete, lots to look forward to on TV this fall. Lots that we are podcasting uh, available on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, Fantastic Geek, searching Apple Podcasts for Fantastic Geek, etc. 
But Pete, as people digest this finale here, how can people be in touch with you to talk about season six of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and look ahead to the future? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 10,600 on the nose. Followers can't be wrong. And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram. Be like Jamie. Reach out to us on Gmail. All where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek. All one word with the PH. Like it today. As mentioned on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, we will be next talking about Marvel Netflix as a whole. And then whether you're listening to us there or on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. feed, Oh, around this time next week, we're going to look back at the sixth season one more time before pressing pause on S.H.I.E.L.D. With that, Pete, I will say adios and out of time to all our listeners and give you the final word. Thanks for the party, guys. But I gotta jump.